Let's believe the impossible. Welcome to the Eat Me, Drink Me podcast, where I, Audrey, and my occasional guests will share our personal, supernatural, and mystical experiences with you. Because in a world full of obligation and high expectations, we hope our stories inspire you to follow Holy Spirit as Alice followed the white rabbit, but into Jesus's wonderland, where we get to rest in, explore, and celebrate everything that he has made available to us, not just in heaven, but here on earth, right now. Hey guys, just a little heads up. The first six minutes of today's episode has a kind of echo and buzzing sound when I talk. I thought it was something that couldn't be fixed on Jared's side, but it turns out that uh, it was, and so... We figured that out after six minutes, (laughs) so I'm really sorry. Bear with us. Bless you guys. I hope you enjoy it today. All right. Hey, everyone. I am super excited. I've got my friend Jared Gustafson here today. Hey, man. How's it going? Yes. We're doing good. I'm just enjoying it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. (laughs) So good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um really honored that you could be here today yeah i i honestly um audrey just in preparing i was thinking about what a unique experience and opportunity this was and was really blessed to be able to be on your show because i just felt like the lord was showing me how many people are going to be truly touched in their hearts but also led into encounters with jesus (laughs) so I'm just you what you carry such an authenticity about you. Um, I think sometimes the charismatic, like mystical world of Christianity can seem so woo woo to people. And it can almost like be off putting, to be honest with you, because a lot of people think it's just like a a sideshow or Mm -hmm. something. And your testimony um, and how you came to it just screams of authenticity and like invite i think your authenticity acts as an invitation to people to say hey come like we're not we're not trying to put on a show here for you we're trying to invite you into substance into something real and so i was so like filled with joy thinking about coming on today (laughs) so thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you Thank you. Yeah. You just really verbalized my heart like really well <laughs> for this whole show. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. And that's why it's like, I want this balance of inspiring people to experience the miraculous and the supernatural, yeah. but also it's really just about that intimate love with the person of Jesus. Right. Right. Yeah. So Thank you. You you worded that really well. (laughs) Thank Um, you. All right. Well, I just want us to pray together and just like bless the people listening and just pray Mm -hmm. for the conversation. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Lord, we eat you. We drink you. We receive all that you have for us. We are so thankful for you. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) So in love with you. We're so ecstatic 
in <laughs> your goodness <laughs> that you have for us and for everyone listening. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, just we just trust that every word we say is just going to bless the hearts of those that are listening. We just thank you that you just are always with us and you show up in the most amazing times. Yeah. And yeah, I just like Jared said, we just pray for encounters that people would just be encountered by your love and your goodness, your bliss, a revelation of their identity in you, revelation of how you've been there with them in the hardest of times. Yeah. Yeah, I just see, you know, in my heart, um, first off, I just love that you laugh when you pray. There's something about, you know, prayer that it can be so sombering and uh, somber and sober, but is just bringing laughter. We just bring our laughter to you. I think it says in Psalm 100, they brought their gifts of laughter to the Lord. And, um, but I, I just, in prayer, I just felt like Jesus was showing me hearts that there's going to be some material here that is brand new to you. And I just declare open hearts and open minds to that. There's others that have heard this stuff before, but I just feel like the Lord just refreshing and reminding us of his love for us and his goodness towards us and his gentleness. And uh, I also just, I just felt like people um, just to be released to again, just enjoy the Lord. And so we just thank you, Jesus. We just thank you for your Holy Spirit and your goodness. And we just thank you for the joy that you've already placed within us and that it would just, um, just continue to find an awakening to the joy of God in us, an awakening to his love that's already in us, and a real reflection on your nearness, Jesus. I really feel like the Lord just wants to emphasize his how mm-hmm. near he is, mm-hmm. how near he is to us still, even amidst whatever we're experiencing. He's so near to us. He hasn't forgotten us. Um, he truly is near to us. And like, let our hearts open to that truth, mm-hmm. you know. So we can almost judge that truth. If, how can he be near to me? How can this be heaven on earth? Like, well, let our hearts just open to that truth and see if we can just uh, be open to it and experiencing it more, once more. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. Thank you, Lord, that we can just be vulnerable with you. <laughs> yeah. And real. Be ourselves. <laughs> cool. Well, let's dive in. Um, so I really wanted you on the show because you are a powerhouse of love. Oh, wow. And you go out of your way to love the one in front of you. Hmm. And you've really inspired me over the years, many times with like how vulnerable you can be with people. Like I've seen you just get in someone's face. And <laughs> like in a, in a nice way, you're like face to face with them, just staring them eye to eye, speaking yeah. life into them, you know, and <laughs> yeah, I've never seen anybody do that until I met you. And, um, that's just really life changing. And it's really mm. powerful because a lot of people think that vulnerability is like a weakness. Hmm. Right. But and you know just getting to know you over the years and seeing you be vulnerable really it's it's shown me that it's a it's a form of strength and boldness yeah yeah that's good so i say that because i would love for you to share your journey Hmm. if you don't mind about how you came into that for yourself and how it's proven to be really powerful for you like 
Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah, I'd love to share. I think that for me, vulnerability takes on so, di- so many different forms, right? Like sometimes it's vulnerable for me to acknowledge how good life feels, how joyful I am, how like how filled with joy that like amongst a world that is, I you know, we'll get into this maybe a little later, but I work in an emergency department at a trauma center. So I walk into an emergency department, it can feel vulnerable to bring laughter and into an environment where everyone's having the worst day of their life. Some people are having the very worst day of their life. And I come in and I literally have skipped down the halls of my emergency department and I've actually cracked jokes and laughed and poked and, you know, I provoke people to joy. Mm-hmm. Um, but also vulnerability. I think that we're familiar with this vulnerability of acknowledging there are like our human limitations or our fears and maybe perceived failures or, you know, th- those kinds of things or like I just feel feel inadequate at times or something like that and one of the things that have led me to be more vulnerable in that dimension i think is acknowledging my identity in christ like the more i know who i am in jesus like that i am a new creation that i'm a holy blameless one that i that i'm seated with christ in heavenly places that i am the favorite son of god and you are the favorite daughter of god and and the human beings, like like I live in the Father's smile or I live with the adoration of the Lord. The more I believe that in my heart, then if I'm, if, if I'm in a moment where I'm not experiencing that, then I feel like I should have the – I have even more courage and opportunity to acknowledge that. So like we were talking just a little bit ago about how sometimes I feel like I can't even preach or I'm just no good at it, you know, or like – like I don't am I even a Christian? There's day, there's days where I'm like, dude, you know, like I'll experience these like thoughts like, man, who am I to do that? You know, who am I, Lord? Who who am I to lead a missions team? Like what what did I what a I'm way over my head right now, you know? And what's helped me is just like, no, like knowing I'm a son allows me to just go to a friend and just tell them what I'm thinking, like with a thought in my head, you know, I could just go tell you, cause I pulled you aside before I think, and I've just <laughs> told you stuff like, <laughs> I don't even feel like I'm this or that, or yeah. I'm not a preacher. I can't even do it, you know, or I just have this insecurity. I don't know. I'm just experiencing this insecurity out of nowhere. Um, and so I believe that what empowers us to actually just say that stuff is like, the truth, the, the believing the truth about me, because then I can just bring the lie into the light and just go, hey, isn't this silly? Can't we laugh at this thing together? Oh, I feel I'm feeling anxious right now. And you just say that out loud. And then your friend comes to you and holds you and hugs you. And we just pray over something together. And I really believe that verse, like confess your sins to one another and you'll be healed. It's not about confessing bad things all the time that you've done. Sometimes it's just confessing these non-truths that you might be encountering momentarily, momentary non-truths, you know, <laughs> momentary lies that you think are you. That And that's the real lie, right? Sometimes yeah. we think the thoughts that are in our head are our thoughts. They're not our thoughts. They're just thoughts or the feelings that we're experiencing. We think that they're our feelings. They're not necessarily our feelings. They're just feelings and so if i can just go hey i'm experiencing this feeling or this thought or this emotion 
And I tell you that and you come at me with the truth of who I am, then I really feel like that stuff is undone and undermined. Um, is it okay if I share a small story? Yeah, please. Well, I remember one time there's a well-known preacher and he heard that there's this grace movement and his critique of the grace movement was, oh, well, if you tell people they're brand new creations, then they'll never feel, they'll never, they'll always just put on a show like they're a new creation. They'll all just act, you know, like they're, but meanwhile, they'll actually be secretly struggling with all this stuff, but they'll feel the burden of acting like a new creation. And that's his critique. That's just his critique of the message. And I actually thought the exact opposite thing. I said, when you teach people their new creations, if they're not feeling like a new creation because they know that they are and they believe that they are, they can actually confess more. They can confess more when they're having an experience that's not true. Because before they so identified with their experience as a reflection of their essence or their identity. So that's really scary. If I have to confess to you that I'm experiencing anxiety and I believe that I am anxiety or I believe that I have a sin nature that's prone to anxiety, mm -hmm. that's really scary to confess that. But if I believe that I'm a new creation freed from anxiety and I happen to experience anxiety, then I can come to you and go – Hey, let's believe together that I'm a new creation, that I'm free from anxiety, free from fear, free from depression, free from any burden of insecurity or limitation, and let's believe together about that. So confession is actually a liberating thing where you step back into the identity that you believe. Mm. <laughs> so I actually – my critique was like, no, when you teach people their new creations, they'll be emboldened to confess anything that's not the new creation life. Because they know that whatever is not the new creation life is not a reflection of them. It's an inauthentic or in a it's inauthentic human experience or it's an illusion. You know, sorry, you've got me now walking around my neighborhood as if I'm like <laughs> preaching to. <laughs> That's awesome. I got all excited. I'm like now I'm pacing through around my house. I don't even know if all that made sense, but I just oh, think did, that yeah. vulnerability vulnerability is only empowered where you actually are free to believe the truth about yourself because you can take any thought feeling or emotion or idea of inadequacy and bring it to your brother because you truly believe that it's not you that it's just a temporary emotion or a fleeting thought or a passing circumstance but it has nothing to do with your core identity because your core identity is redeemed in christ jesus mm. <laughs> that's so good and jesus is so vulnerable with us yeah and yeah he desires for us to just be vulnerable with him and i mean mm -hmm. really that's where i met him was in that place of extreme vulnerability extreme pain extreme loss and confusion and frustration and anger yeah <laughs> And exactly. I just let it all out, uh, cussing him out, <laughs> you right. know, um, right. letting every, every feeling, every emotion out. But in that moment, he met me with the truth that, you know, just like you were saying, when you confess to a friend and then they're there to um, speak the truth to you and to absolutely partner with you in that reality. That's absolutely true. And like, I just think of verses like, Paul said, I boast in my weaknesses 
I boast like for the grace is sufficient for you. So I will boast all the more in my weaknesses for in my weaknesses. Christ is um, Christ is what is that verse? It's like it's like Romans 12, I think. But they can you know, you people can look it up. But he's saying I boast in my weaknesses for in my in, you know, in my weaknesses, Christ is perfected or Christ is made known or whatever, because um, his grace is sufficient. The same person that said that also said he's been crucified with Christ and no longer lives. So I think there's something this this reality of like you can actually see yourself as like the, your old identity that is somehow separate from God is actually not even ex- it doesn't even exist it's non-existent so you are truly one with the Lord so if you happen to experience like a human moment of like weakness or something you can boast in it because you're like you're boasting in the reality of um <laughs> you're boasting the reality of like while you are experiencing this human frailty the truth is that you're already united with the lord mm-hmm. you know and i just love what you said audrey because you know you can be real with jesus he's so not afraid of our questions he's not afraid of our our moments of, of, of frustration if we're experiencing that or, um, you know, he's just not afraid. He's Emmanuel. He's the one who sat in the dirt with the woman accused of the adultery that uh, he came to the lepers. He touched the, the, the legion. He traveled across the sea to the demon act. Like he's just so comfortable. I think he's far more comfortable with our little human moments, isn't he? Yeah. Than uh, maybe we are. Yeah, like just that mentality. So many people have that mentality that I'm dirty, I'm horrible, Mm -hmm. I'm wretched. I cannot, um, you know, take, I have to take my shoes off when I'm in the presence of the Lord, or I can't wear a hat when I'm in the presence of the Lord, or like all of these things. And that's just not the case. (laughs) It's like, it's with us always. Exactly. Always. And the more yes. we embrace that and we meet him in that face to face, then exactly. the real he, he becomes to us. And it's Exactly. So That's so well said. That's really well said. And that leads me to, you know, how, what was your life like before the revelation of Jesus Christ? And like, how did you come down this rabbit hole into experiencing Jesus's wonderlands? such a good question (laughs) i love that i love that i love that question because it's like i see myself actually falling down a hole (laughs) so no like some people don't understand this about my story but i I was always raised in like a christian household and so some people think like oh well like jesus was always a part of your story and to some extent he was like he was there in my childhood i remember receiving a prophetic word when i was 12 i remember actually getting i feel like words of knowledge and stuff we started praying as a family and i got like gift of tongues and things um but i will tell you this about my childhood i was so overwhelmingly burdened by this idea of eternal torment this concept that those that are that there's some people that are not united with the lord and that those people will be eternally punished for not choosing god so i would actually contemplate this for hours and i would sit for you know 30 minutes in a row just like thinking about my cousins burning and thinking about like the family members that i thought that weren't believers like being tormented for eternity just this like this concept in a little like 10 year old and 11 year old brain, you know, that's just so terrified. 
of these ideas, you know? Yeah. And so I was very, very burdened and I would pray. And sometimes I would ask Jesus is Jesus, if I can switch them, could I go to hell so that they could go to heaven? That's what I would pray. Lord, let me go to hell. And then I would think about me burning forever. It's like, that sounds like a terrible decision, <laughs> but I don't want my loved one to burn forever. So I'll just sit there and contemplate. Do I really want to give my eternal soul to burn so that my little cousin doesn't have to? And like what, what I didn't really realize was that is the gospel right there. Right. Like, except, you know, and then instead of like a little 10 year old heart, like I would rather experience anguish than my loved ones experience anguish. That was the heart of Jesus going, I would rather descend into their hell, take on the burden and the anguish of sin itself, swallow it whole into my servant body, die, be buried, and resurrect on the third day and ascend into the heavens and carry humanity with me there. Um, but I didn't know that. Like I was experiencing the heart of God that would rather experiencing our anguish they would rather experience our hell than to ever send anyone to hell. Um, but I was burdened by that idea. I, even so much, I, I would evangelize all my money as a little kid. Like This is like 10 years old. I would buy Christian t-shirts, Christians hats. They would say anything evangelical. I would buy tracks, and I would pass out tracks at the grocery stores or the gas stations. And I would, <laughs> on my 12th birthday, they're like, what do you want to do for your 12th birthday? I said, I'm going to demand my whole family go evangelize <laughs> on my 12th birthday. We're going to save the loss and talk to people about Jesus. Because what else? I, I had such a hard time, and this is really where I want to land. I had such a hard time enjoying life, mm -hmm. drinking a cup of coffee, going to play sports with my friends, do anything. Because I thought, like, we have this tiny window. And this is what's preached from pulpits. I just don't think they believe it. We have this tiny window of life. You know, it's like a blip. It's like a speck. And then we're going to be in eternity forever and ever and ever and ever. So why would you spend this life doing anything other than save the lost? Like it doesn't make any rational sense that you'd actually enjoy anything of this life. You'd want to spend like every waking second trying to save the lost because forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, you're going to get to enjoy Jesus and they're going to burn forever if you don't save them from hell you know mm -hmm. so like i just don't think the, the church actually believes that and thank god that i don't believe that anymore thank god that there's a whole different way that's biblical that is deeply rooted in the christian faith and the founders of the christian faith and the fathers that have gone before us such as gregory of nyssa and others we can reinterpret that concept uh, of hell but where I would land in my story is when I was 19, I began to experience the Holy Spirit. And I, I had this still small voice inside me. I just started hearing Jesus. And uh, I was uh, on the cobblestone streets of St. Louis at a Christian conference, but it really wasn't about the conference. It was like getting out of my comfort space in California, going somewhere by myself, just really wanting to encounter the Lord. I started hearing this little still voice voice and that small voice felt like heaven inside me mm. and it felt like everything I was born for everything I was designed for just to know him just to hear him just to enjoy him um, was happening you know all at once and it wasn't no radical crazy I didn't fall on the ground I didn't like you know <laughs> start out levitating or anything even though I think all that stuff is possible and awesome. It was really the small, tender voice of Jesus in me 
that made my heart just melt. And I just knew in that moment, this is everything I want. This is all that I want out of life is just to know this voice, whatever this is, like this peace and this love for me. And I really feel like one of the first things Holy Spirit told me was that I was enough. So after trying to serve God my entire life and save the lost and evangelize and all this stuff, I had no joy in my life. I was depressed. There were many days I didn't even want to live. You know, here I am trying to talk people into going to heaven, but I myself was like tormented as a child. You know, I was tormented. There was no joy on it. And I couldn't even enjoy life. Um, And now at 19, starting to encounter Holy Spirit. And slowly, he just brought this peace into my life. And uh, well, it wasn't slowly. It was like in that moment. You know, I just have so much peace in my life. But then I began to discover how loved I was by God. And I always pictured myself as a love slave, as a servant to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But then I started discovering myself as truly loved and that God didn't have an agenda behind his love. He wasn't loving me so that I could save the lost, mm-hmm. so that I could be useful in the kingdom. I remember one of my mentors actually be like, God doesn't want to use you. Imagine a husband <laughs> talking about his wife. With those terms, I used my wife today Uh to wash the dishes. Like we'd be appalled at that kind of rhetoric. But yet we use that rhetoric towards the bride of Christ. God's not looking to use the bride of Christ. He's inviting the bride of Christ to dance with him across the nations of the earth. He's inviting the bride of Christ to just enjoy him. And he's inviting her to participate with what he's doing in the world. Um, It's a relational dance, you know. So... Yeah. Sorry, I just went off on a long tangent, but how did I fall down the rabbit hole of bliss? It was, uh, what was I like before Christ? I would feel like, what was I like before the truth of the gospel was burdened by religion, Uh always feeling a sense of inadequacy, always feeling this burden that I wasn't doing enough or being enough, always feeling like I could be do reading more, reading the Bible more, evangelizing more, going to church more, praying harder. And when I really discovered the gospel of Jesus that actually brought rest, mm-hmm. rest to my soul, that I entered into a love relationship with Jesus, um, I, that, that whole idea the rabbi said, my burden is light, my yoke is easy, one drink of this cup, you'll never thirst again, <laughs> like that truth started overwhelming me. And remarkably, Audrey, I'll say, remarkably, way more fruit in my life, way more people encountering God, way more people giving their lives to the Lord, way, way, way more, way massive increase. But it didn't come from a place of, you know, obligatory servitude. It came from a place of deep love and enjoyment of Jesus. And now I can enjoy coffee and I can, I can, enjoy my life and be human being. And so now I, yeah, I work in a level one trauma center at a emergency department and I bring joy and, you know, love people. Yeah. Tell us a little bit uh, more about that. And like, why did you, why did you take that route? Yeah. I thought I wanted to be a medical missionary. So I became an emergency medical technician. I drove an ambulance for seven years. I wanted to be there with people on their darkest day, you know, that moment. And I wanted to believe, I wanted to know, is this gospel just reserved for the people that are having hunky dory, well, white American lives? You know, <laughs> is this is this for the is this is this for the American person that's just you know, oh, that gospel's easy to believe. You're an American mm-hmm. and you're the top one percent earners in the entire planet. But no, it's like I descended into the bush bush of Mozambique, into the slums of Kenya, and just the 
emergency medical profession, and I saw Jesus show up for psychiatric patients, for stabbings, for gunshot wounds, for um, even even amidst you know abuse cases that I'm working on now. I see Jesus Christ and his gospel and the good news of that gospel, that he is present, that he is Emmanuel, that he is not distant from the hurting hearts of the world, that he actually draws close to the hurting hearts. He draws close and he draws close through us many times. And so, yeah, I think that that desire to, to minister and to take this gospel into into the places of the world that feel so hurt and broken and to be able to stand in the midst of probably the worst things. Like, you, you know, you think of the worst things that you could imagine that stuff is, that stuff is where I work, you know? And so I can confidently say it's not a circumstantial gospel. It's not when life feels all perfect, that God is still good. But he is he is good, and he is good amidst um, amidst the war torn world, you know. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I love I I love where I work, I guess, because I describe it as uh, is God just manifesting heaven amidst uh, the darkness of some of the hell hell experiences here on earth. So, wow. yeah. Can yeah. you maybe share um, like a testimony? Is there a testimony that comes to mind of, you know, someone that you got to minister to? Or Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just rattle off a few. Yeah. One yeah. time I, there was a there was a gunshot wound. This guy was just at his buddy's house and this other guy was on drugs and he was paranoid. So he point blank shot him 11 times. Oh, my God. Audrey, like 11 times. Bam, 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 bam. I was at the foot. I was at the, the head of his bed holding a bag of blood, pushing blood, literally pushing blood into his body, declaring the resurrection life of Jesus over him. A month later, someone checks into the ER, and I don't know if that guy lived because he went up to the OR. A month later, this guy checks into the ER. I realize it's the same guy. He did live. I take him into the back room, like the triage room. I'm like, all right, the doctor's coming here soon, but I got to tell you something. And I start prophesying. I start saying, I was at the head of your bed. I pushed blood into your body. I was declaring the resurrection life of Jesus that you will live and not die because God has a purpose for your life. And, you know, he's bringing things into your vision that you never even thought before this encounter because you were in, you were going down one road and he saved you from that road. And he is now making it very clear that he loves you. And this like kind of gangster guy and his little Hispanic mom that was there with him, just they are like blasted by God. They're <laughs> crying. They're like, God is taking this moment where you shot 11 times. Like there's just the most atrocious thing probably of his life. But I was actually there to be like, Hey, God is using everything for good, and I am here to declare that God is in your midst and loves you. And they're just they're a basket case. Another guy, one time I saw on the computer, it said he swallowed a ghost. I was like, swallowed a ghost? What's that about? So I walked into his room, and I was like, what does that mean? You swallowed a ghost, sir? Tell me this. And he was describing this spirit that was oh sitting God. on his chest and choking him, and he could hardly breathe. So I shut the curtain. I was like, oh, okay, well, and I was just like, Holy Spirit knows what to do with that. So I shut the curtain. I go up to him, and I'm like, is it okay if I pray for you? And he's like, yeah, I believe in the Roman Catholic Church. 
and the Latter-day Saints. <laughs> I was thinking in my head, like, those two movements are not congruent at all, but that's okay. So I just laid my hands on him, started declaring peace, freedom, and he just felt this thing lift. He could breathe. He described it. He could breathe again. He, and he also said this, and it was beautiful. He said, you are the first person that actually listened to me. And multiple times patients say that. You are the first person that actually listen to me that itself is i believe a miracle because mm-hmm. me and my you know my physical my the body sometimes is weak the spirit is willing or whatever like after 10 hours in an emergency department with like 50 patients like going through and through and through like it's like brain sauce you know it's like <laughs> it can become so mechanical human yeah. beings stop being human beings they just become like all right just go through the process keep going but like the fact that god gives us eyes to see you know, I remember hugging this one lady who she had like staph infections and things. You're supposed to gown up and like you're definitely not supposed to touch her. And I just gave her the biggest hug. I was like, I don't believe that stuff. Let me. She's like, can I hug you? I was like, yes, you can. I just gave her this hug and you could feel the presence of God just wash over her body. It was crazy. It was crazy. This last week, this kid was abandoned by his group home, drop off at the ER. They drove away, left him in the bathroom. And for a week, he spent time in the ER. A poor kid had an intellectual disability and was, had behavioral issues and stuff. No one wanted him. Like, the, like he had no parents. Like, there's just nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. And so what did I do? I was like, what's your favorite food, man? Got him his favorite food. He liked Takis. He liked chicken <laughs> wings and pizza. And they're like, you're spoiling him. You shouldn't start this habit. I was like, I don't care. He's a kid and he wants food. Like, I, like I'm the social worker. I get to make these decisions, you know. <laughs> I went to school for a long time to be able to choose to get somebody pizza and wings, you know, like, and I was like, I'm getting him as many freaking wings as he wants. And like, we built like a friendship, like you would not believe every single day. He would just be like, where's Jared? Can I talk with Jared? Can I hang out with Jared? Can I go to Jared's office? Like, you know, every day he was just so thrilled. We brought a friendship and this testimony just went through the department. Like what is going on with Jared and this kid? You know, it's just such a love exchange. They're like, your buddy's waiting for you. I just check into work. Your friend is waiting for you. Your buddy's waiting for you. He's standing on guard. He's been asking you all day. uh, You know, even that I think is like this beautiful little moment, you know. And then in reality, I think our ER needed him. You know, I could go on and on. This one, I'll just end with this last one. There's one guy, he had a psychiatric break. He hadn't slept in three days. He was superhuman strong, like the Hulk. He was like like the prime of his life, super muscular. The day before, it took eight guys to restrain him, eight guys to tie him down to the bed and then give him like uh, medication just to calm him down. But even then, he didn't go to sleep. Like he literally wouldn't sleep. So I was assigned to be his constant observer at the time like a one-on-one like just constantly watch him and they said jared good luck yesterday was horrible took us eight people to just call us when you need us and i was like great this is my this is my life i just sit here with this guy that wants to kill me and so he stood up and he looked through me audrey i he looked through my soul it's one of those like blank stares that just looked right past my eyeballs and I was like, he's looking into my soul. I wonder, I hope he sees Christ somewhere down in there, Lord. Come on. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, here he's looking through my soul. And then I did the only, I was actually studying mimetic theory, how like 
what we observe, we become. So whatever we behold, we reflect. And there's something in that, like, gaze unto Christ, you know, look at him. And whatever you behold in Christ, like, you just start reflecting, you know. So I just started doing that. I was like, well, if he's going to stare into my soul, I might as well, like, I will mimetically become something that he can experience. So I started smiling at him and I started stretching just little stretches just to see if he would do it with me. And he started, Oh my gosh, he started mirroring my stretches. So then I raised my hands up in the air. He'd raise them up. I'd say, take a big breath. He'd take a breath. I'd say, bend over. He bend over. I was like, bend this way, bend that way. He did these little, things. I was like, all right, let's do 10 breaths in a row. We do 10 breaths in a row. People were watching me like, Jared's doing yoga with the psych guy. And he's like, I didn't even know Jared knew yoga. I was like, guys, I don't know yoga. I'm just making it all up. And I was just doing these stretches. And this is so amazing. He stopped, he breathed, he went to his bed, he fell asleep. First time in three days, fell asleep, had the best rest. His family came to visit. They were in absolute shock that he was in sleep. And like the whole testimony of this, this testimony went through the ER. Jared is the psych whisperer. If you ever need peace, call, call Jared. He, he will call the sea. You know, it was like, and then the next day they announced it at the internship, which I actually had never experienced them call anyone out for anything like that at an internship. But they were like, Jared went above and beyond yesterday. It was amazing. We don't even know how that happened. He, he's a psych whisperer. And it was like, God, like they, they'll, they'll, the world will always come up with their funny vernacular yes, and their words about what happened or whatever. And they're, they're going to struggle to explain. But we know what happened. Holy Spirit happened. Peace of God happened. Yeah. Heaven on earth happened. Heaven invading hell happened. Like, the presence of God, the kingdom of God. We've been transferred from a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light where his son rules and reigns in love, according to Colossians 1.13, right? Like we've been transferred from that kingdom into the kingdom of light, you know? And so I just feel like light just boom, booming. And if I'm honest with you, these are like a collection of stories, right? And there's more stories I could share, but they're still just a collection of stories in like a five-year time. So I think sometimes we share stories and we're like, that's his everyday experience. <laughs> there's some element of every day there is light and love, yes. But I'm just saying like we have to – we don't we don't necessarily experience this stuff every single day, you know. But every single day the reality is still the same. Every single day we're still seated with Christ in heavenly places. And every single day Holy Spirit is still present and moving. So I like to kind of like conclude telling a bunch of fun stories that way, because I think sometimes people will examine their life and just like, that doesn't happen in my world. And it can become almost like this. And like, we're condemning ourselves again. We're judging ourselves again. We're analyzing ourselves again. We're comparing each other again. It's like, that's not the point. The point is Holy Spirit's in you right now. And wherever you're at in your life and your walk, as you just walk in union and love with him, just watch what will happen when you just start, you know, and continue just reflecting on that goodness of God in you, you know? Yeah, that's, that's the focus. That's the point. Just that yeah. intimate relationship with him and then the overflow. That can be miracles. Sometimes that can be the supernatural. Um, but oftentimes at least for me, it's like, I, I see healing. I see miracles. I see supernatural. I see, 
answers to prayer, but underneath, I think the, the heartbeat of our relationship is in the mundane, in the day to day. Right. Um, right. Still speaking to us. Right. Like for me, I mean, he speaks to me through movies. He speaks to me through my kids. He speaks to me through, um, license plates and, and just different, I mean, all kinds of different things, you know? And, um, so I just want to encourage anyone. Yeah. If you're feeling like, man, these things don't happen to me, you know, is there something wrong with me or, or it's frustrating because you want to experience the miraculous in your life. No, it it only comes out of just that intimate place with Jesus and like just going (laughs) that face to face, Mm. face to face love, that vulnerability and that that's not the end all be all. That's not the point. Right. The miraculous is not the point. Um, Exactly. But that love is that love really is all powerful. I love (laughs) I love that you're saying this, Audrey, because I do think like even in the charismatic world, like we get inspired by guys, I won't mention their direct names, but they they're filled with Holy Ghost stories all the time. And then they preach the normal Christian life. And then they kind of like not so subtly suggest that your life should be exactly like theirs. And Mm -hmm. and I, I don't know, I get provoked by guys like that and gals like that because I think like, oh, look what's possible. Like, let's keep going. Let's keep enjoying Jesus. So there's a healthy provoking that's it's, I think, acceptable and good. But I also think that there's like we're so critical on ourselves naturally that sometimes we just like think that, you know, oh, man, I've I'm missing it. Or we think that the supernatural becomes the focus. And it's so subtle because it's really not the focus. Enjoying Jesus is the focus. And if you happen to pop out a miracle occasionally by enjoying Jesus and your union with him, then great, then great. I think that's great. But I think the purpose is really just enjoying him. And, you know, the best thing about the kingdom is the king himself is the king himself. God wants to be wanted. Not because you want him so that you can have encounters and testimonies, but he just loves you. He just, and I think he just loves the ones that love him like the way he loves us without agenda, without, you know, a motivation to produce anything. And ironically, I think that as you do that more and more, you'll probably see more miracles, you know? So I just love what you just said and just wanted to affirm it. Thank you. And the Bible says that we exist to know God. It doesn't say that mm. we exist for miracles. It doesn't say that we exist to uh, to serve him. Right. It says that we exist to know him. And that, that mm. word knowing, I don't even remember the full meaning or the Greek terminology in there, but it's got some deep meaning to it. You know, it's more than just saying that, like, you know of somebody. It is like this deep, mm-hmm. intimate, vulnerable level of knowing someone Hmm. in the deepest depths of their soul and their heart and um and so that is available for us that is god's desire for us is that we know him sure Hmm. as we get to know him we experience the miraculous the supernatural that is like an overflow that's the fruit that comes out of that but the life changing soul stability Hmm. is in the knowing just, hmm. just knowing him. So, amen. It's so beautiful. Amen. So, we just bless everybody listening. Yeah. You would just rest in the simple fact that 
You exist to know God. God created Hmm. you for love. You can know God. I mean, that in of itself is a huge deal. So many people think that they can't know God. (laughs) Yeah. But you can. And that's right. It's not a thing to strive to experience. It's just a a resting and trusting Hmm. that, okay, you say that I can know you and... You love me, so like prove it. <laughs> I, yes. I would encourage you yes. to just ask God to prove it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'd add to that too, like one one thing that was helpful for me is in my journey of wanting to know God so badly is that story of Samuel and God would wake up Samuel and say, Samuel. Mm. And he would run to Eli and say, Eli, what'd you, what are you speaking to me? And Eli said, I didn't say anything. Go back to bed. And <laughs> Samuel go back to bed and the Lord would say, Samuel. <laughs> and what was happening there is that God was actually talking to him in a language that was so familiar to him that he dismissed it. And he thought it was Eli. Mm-hmm. And I think that God is actually speaking to us in a way that we do understand, in a way that we do hear him, in a way that is clear. And sometimes his voice feels so familiar that we discredit it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways I like to encourage people like, no, God, uh, is like start like just asking Holy Spirit to illuminate when like when he's speaking you know and like even just be mindful are there thoughts that you feel like are almost better than your thoughts is there ever a time you're kind to yourself it's probably holy spirit <laughs> like is there ever a thought that you're, you're you know doing well you know maybe holy spirit's encouraging you or is you ever sit outside and really notice the beauty of the sunshine maybe that's the lord shining down on you like you ever swirl your cup of tea in the morning and be thankful for it. Maybe that's the gratitude of God echoing in the chambers of your heart. You know, Mm. like I just think sometimes that we have made knowing God such an abstract, not you. I feel like you actually emphasize the opposite because I've heard you Audrey, speak so beautifully about how God is in all things. Like he is in the smile of your child. He is in the beautiful farm country of Nebraska, the good life. (laughs) You know, he's in, he's so in everything that he makes himself so easily discoverable, discoverable, you know, Um, that, yeah, I just wanted to bless people and that like you do know God and you are continuing to know him. And uh, that's why I just love the message of your heart, Audrey, because you make him so, he's like, you just remind people how easily found Jesus is. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> that that blesses me. Thank you. Um, something that it was just coming to my my heart that I want to share real quick along those lines. Yeah. Um, the Lord was showing me that I really just need to trust being myself. <laughs> wow. And so in me sharing yeah. this, it's to encourage everyone listening to trust being yourself. That ties in with exactly what you were just saying, Jared. And the the way that He showed this to me was. I was on a bus going to visit with some friends and on this bus, there were two guys, young teenagers, Hmm. and we had stopped about three times and I hadn't seen them get off. Well, I guess two times. And then the third time they finally got off and everybody was getting food. And I saw these guys trying to decide between a bag of chips 
And Hmm. I wanted to walk over to them and just say, hey, I'll buy you anything that you want to eat. But I was too nervous. Like, I don't know, suddenly I started feeling like I don't want them to get embarrassed. I don't want them to, or or maybe they're not hungry and they really just want to share a bag of chips. Like, I don't know. I just, all of these Mm -hmm. feelings of um, insecurities. And so I didn't offer them. I didn't even talk to them. So I got Mm. stuff that I wanted and I think I did get a few extra things just in case. And so I, we get on the bus and I'm sitting there like eating my food and, and I could see them, you know, taking the bag back and forth. And then, you know, within a few minutes, this whole bag was gone. And I'm just thinking, Mm. oh, I wish I would have just offered to buy them food. And now we're on for another, you know, two hours or whatever. And, and then I thought, you know what? I haven't eaten all of my food. I could offer them my food. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. I sat there for 45 minutes trying to convince myself <laughs> to offer them my food. But I kept envisioning, mm. like, they're going to get offended at me. They're going to think that's disgusting, you know, because it's something I've already opened. Or, or what if they get embarrassed mm. because they're surrounded by, you know, all these other people? And me, this total stranger coming up to them, trying to offer them food, you know, what if they deny it? But, you know, just all these what ifs, what ifs. Well, Holy Spirit just finally just illuminated that my heart is to bless them. That is who I am. And I am myself and I'm not embracing my love for them. I'm not embracing God's love for them by like just sitting here arguing with myself forever. Like this is ridiculous. So I finally just went over and you know probably let it up with something like i don't even know but i somehow managed to say something and i offered them my food and they took it and they received it and they loved it Mm. and they were so thankful and wow that just like really shifted a lot in my life to to rest and like okay sometimes when we want to do something for somebody yeah or or say or let's say this Sometimes when God wants to bless somebody through us mm-hmm. or, yep. or to minister to somebody through us, it doesn't always feel like this big, powerful thing. And right. I, I'm becoming to realize more and more that even operating in the prophetic or, I mean, in, in a way that was prophetic, like I picked up on how they were not, or that they were in lack, you know, um, I could have totally mm. been oblivious but God yeah. highlighted them in my heart and I focused on that. And in doing that, I was able to see the proof that they were hungry. But anyway, so it doesn't always seem like this big, supernatural, overwhelming, overpowering thing. It can just be as simple as you being yourself, like to go, like to do something for mm. someone, to say something to someone and to really just... Hmm. rest in that and embrace that like if you feel like helping somebody carry their groceries to their car or yeah like helping somebody find something when it looks like they're they're having a hard time exactly ignore that then you're not really embracing who you are and embracing who you are there's these beautiful moments where god like moves and and just does things in your life so I hope that that made sense. I feel like I was all over that the place. That made so much sense <laughs> to me and actually really blessed me because as we talk about 
the supernatural. Um, I think it's just so refreshing to me to always hear that the supernatural is super natural. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh <laughs> like, my gosh. It's, it's like super natural. <laughs> like God is not trying to transform you into being a s- six headed, you know, thing, uh, living creature. Like it talks about in revelation. God is transforming you to be more human. He's transforming you to be more human, meaning like, here's a bag of chips, <laughs> you know, like, here you go. Like, Hey, my neighbor, my neighbor over there just lost his wife a few days ago. And, uh, you know, the supernatural didn't look like me healing his leg or, you know, at least not yet. And it hasn't looked like me supernaturally delivering him from insomnia and all these things that he's struggling with. But I took his trash out. You know what I mean? I took a garbage can (laughs) to the can for him, you know? And and I'm just kind of like, sometimes I like, I love that you just said that testimony because I feel like that is supernatural. That is the Lord Jesus. That is supernatural. And how easy is it to be supernatural, you know? So (laughs) sometimes it seems super hard, but really it's not. Well, yeah, if if the, if your vision of supernatural life is it has to include raising the dead or something, you know, mm-hmm. I remember Bill Johnson talking about, you know, we are very aware of how supernatural it is when we pray for physical healing, but it's all equally supernatural to have peace in your life. It's equally mm-hmm. supernatural to be generous, you know, like it's <laughs> equally supernatural to want to give someone a bag of chips, you know. <laughs> so I just think like, yeah, the whole Christian life is supernatural and mm-hmm. also it's super natural sometimes I love that. that i wrote that yeah. down i'm like gonna be meditating on that <laughs> it is just gonna be throughout my week like oh the natural it's natural yeah. to just want to love people so like let's just do that it's natural yeah to yeah let people know that you're thinking of them or that you're praying for them i mean yep. i don't know just think of it in those terms and yeah the more i've been embracing that I've just been seeing God move. It's so beautiful. So yeah, we just it's bless. supernatural. Bless yeah, supernatural to to make your spouse's bed for them, or to bring somebody a cup of tea in the morning, or mm-hmm. yeah, I just pray in Jesus' name that people would just really feel like they they we're not talking about the person next to you or down the street. Like you are included in the supernatural life of Jesus. It's not something that needs to be added to your life, but he actually included you in his supernatural life. And so I just ask in Jesus' name that people, whoever's listening to us, whoever's made it this far in the recording, bless you. And may you just really receive that intimate love of Jesus. And may it just continue to billow and percolate to to overflow there you go overflow in your life in all the small and great ways yeah and we just bless this podcast thank you so much audrey for having me this is such a blessing i saw this podcast touching your friends your family and to the to the to your world and to the world beyond may people just be inspired in jesus you carry such a beautiful revelation um that's still just too uncommon in the world you know i just hope that many people will see jesus as you've seen him um 
So we just bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you to all my listeners and supporters. You guys are amazing. I hope today's episode blessed you like it did me. If you would like to hear more from Jared, he has a podcast on Spotify called New Nature's Podcast. And you can look him up on YouTube and find some of his wonderful videos where he just shares this glorious gospel. If you would, please leave a star rating and a review and like and share this podcast with your friends and family just to help us get this good news message out there to the world. I'm so thankful we are at about 400 listens within a little over a month. So (laughs) I'm just so amazed at how God is spreading this. It's just, it blows my mind. All right. And if you would like to message me with any comments, questions, or episode suggestions, you can email me at eatmedrinkmepod at gmail.com. Bless you all. You are so loved.